Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Confusion has swept the NFL. Nobody knows what's going on anymore. The Saints lose to the one-win Falcons. The Jets upset the Giants. The Titans run all over the Chiefs. The Rams put up three offensive points against Pittsburgh. Kirk Cousins wins in prime time. What is going on? Christian Kirk wins me a prop bet. Let's oh, go. Christian Kirk. Me and Westbrook way. for the first time ever <laughs> watched Sunday games uh, yesterday together. Yes. Uh, my friends, Evan Neal, my brother were there. We had a very good time. I love your friends, man. They're good people. This is a great time. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of times where you could kind of come into a group of friends and you're like, ah, you're the oddball. Yeah. But they included me. Hey. Obviously, they're Philadelphia Eagles fans, which... They have a soft I'll say spot this in my now. heart. They were nervous as fuck, and they really? didn't let you know. Why were they nervous? I'm sorry, I'm letting the cat out of the why, bag. But why? Because but why? they are huge Philadelphia Eagles fans, and you, just a reminder, are Brian Westbrook, who is in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Well, what did you they need- expect? What well, did no, they expect to they happen? They had a great time. Well, it was great. I enjoyed myself. They were they were great. They yeah. stepped it up. Good. But uh, I had a list. I think I still have it in my pocket um, of the prop bets we made. Ah. Let's see how we did. <laughs> Look at that paper. That was clean when you started yesterday. Uh, we had um, Christian Kirk over 59 and a half yards. Cha-ching. That's one. Tyler Boyd over 58 and a half yards. Cha-ching. Christian McCaffrey over 135 and a half yards. Barely. Cha-ching. Then the other side. Uh, Austin Hooper over 59 and a half. Got a touchdown. Didn't get there. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup over six and a half catches. You know how many catches he had? Zero. Ooh, that hurts because he's the machine for that. That offense. was part of our four o'clock white boy Supreme Ooh, parlay with Cup and CMC. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that really hurt me the most uh, was Ryan Tannehill over 21 and a half completions. I mean, that dude completed like 12. <laughs> well, they didn't out. need to. You had a great thought process going into it. Yeah. You're thinking they'll be down. They're going to have to throw the football. If you told me that Mahomes was going to throw for 466 yes. yards and three touchdowns, yes. I go, well, it sounds like Tannehill's going to have to dink and dunk his way to get the fucking back of the game. Well, what you didn't count on is what actually happened. I know. Was the run game. Derrick Henry. And, and the defensive touchdown and all the That's block true. field goals. It was defensive a touchdowns game. are great for the game, but they're terrible for offense if you want your quarterback yeah. to get. So completed. you know, typical coin flip day. Went three and three. Not that great. My uh, my bets preseason though starting to look good. We'll get to all that. Okay. Um, we're bringing back the cup, but for Mondays. Monday cup. Okay. Wrinkle Monday cup. That's what we call it. Monday cup. segment called Monday cup. But first, we need to do what we always do. It's favorite segment. Mr. Venture Capitalist Brian Westbrook, let's go into the Dolphin Tank. 
Welcome back to Bengal Tank, where Lefko pitches Brian Westbrook on his NFL investment ideas. This segment used to be called Dolphin Tank, but we named it that before Ryan Fitzpatrick turned into Randall Cunningham 2.0. But watch out, Giants. You're dangerously close to getting this segment named after you. First into the tank, Lefko is selling all of his shares of what he claims is the most overrated team in the NFL. Because nothing gets an investor excited quite like a dumpster fire sale. Mm. Dumpster fire sale, put perfectly. Yeah, Giants, you better be careful. It could become Giants tank in a few weeks. Oh, man, there's a lot going on in that Giants football team. I love when I hear stories that the owner left the building without making eye contact with anybody. Well, that, that that's not good that's for the head awesome. coach. And I'll tell you what, they're starting to have comments about sitting Saquon for the, yes, the rest of the year. I said they should them. have done that in week three. All right, so... I have a team that right now is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I have a team that right now is leading their division. I have a team that before the year and throughout the year have had moments where they've gone that Super Bowl caliber. They are the team that if you like advanced metrics, according to DVOA, bef- heading into last week, they were the number one football outsiders offense in the whole NFL. And I think that they're most overrated team. Are you buying this dumpster fire that's secretly not a dumpster fire well i know i buy in a team that offensively is one of the best in the league yep was considered at least considered one they of the entered best entered the, the league they entered this season they had an incredible defense last year okay it won most of their games for them mm-hmm. and they came in and the defense has had moments of greatness but also moments where like this week didn't get it done right okay offensively they're playing well now or no yes Oh, and I would say their quarterback may have played the best game of 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 his season. Okay, on this weekend. So I'm I'm going to say no. So you're not buying this team is very overrated, the most in the NFL. No, I don't like okay. overrated teams. No. Okay. No. Who do you think it is? I um, my initial thought was Casey, but I don't think it was Casey because their defense definitely wasn't. And good. you know I love that team. Too yeah, much. no, that that wouldn't be it. Green Bay won yesterday, so you're probably not talking about that. Let's talk about Dallas. Mm. The Dallas Cowboys, possibly. So, guess what? What's that? This might be the first time you've ever gotten it. Congratulations! Right? Give I it like up for that. Brian Westbrook, everybody. If you're at home right now, give two claps. Brian Westbrook, really proud of you. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys, they have played, this is from Ed Werder, they have played the Saints without Drew Brees, mm-hmm. they have played the Packers without Devontae Adams, and the Vikings without Adam Thielen, and they've lost them all. Yes. They are about to go from one of the easiest schedules in the NFL to one of the more difficult, um, and Dak played phenomenal. He looked great yesterday. Phenomenal. Look great. And... The play calling at the end of the game, the clock management, the constant refusal from Jason Garrett to go for it on fourth down. I believe they had four fourth downs in Vikings territory, did not go for it on any of them. Mm -hmm. To be going up and down the field at will with Dak Prescott, and then when you get down there going, we got to get the ball to Zeke. I know that there were some people that were looking, I believe it was on The Athletic, about some like 66% of the time the Cowboys have run it with Zeke on first down, even though it's not been successful. And we saw the first game of the year, it was all dump offs and screens. The the offensive play calling is completely regressed. Do you buy that? Like they're tied with the Eagles now first in the NFC East. This is wild. Well, they had an easy schedule early on. We talked about this last week. There was a bunch of teams that had easy schedules early on. And those teams that you mentioned, they were easy wins for, especially the Dallas Cowboys. But we, we talked about at that point, the quarterback getting better. 
And we saw yesterday that the quarterback definitely has gotten better. He's not the problem. He's anticipating throws. He's he's getting guys open. He knows the matchups he's trying to get. So he, he looks much better. He's not throwing the ball to the other team. The problem was the one thing that coming into the season, you counted on every single game. Yeah. The one thing that you said, listen, if I know anything about the Dallas Cowboys, I know they can do this. They and have. that was run the football. That, I was going to say defense too. Well, the defense. But you know what? You're right. You thought they were going to do it. And I would say Amari Cooper's looked better than he ever looks has. Better. I'd yeah. say Dak Prescott looks better than he ever no has. No doubt about it. You're getting more out of J- Randall Cobb is still surviving. Like he looks good yesterday, at, but coming around. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to put it on Zeke. It does. He doesn't seem like old Zeke to me. We still haven't seen it. He doesn't have that. He's he's a solid player right now. But he's but when, not when in he my was, top three when, issues. No, but he, he was great. He was the best running back in the league. Right now, he doesn't look like he has the same lateral quickness. He looks a little. I don't know if he looks heavy. He just doesn't look as quick. Doesn't look as thorough being able to get in and out. Not as explosive. And that was makes him special. He finishes runs better than anyone in the league when he's completely healthy. I'm not saying that he's not healthy. I, I just wonder. How that impact of having those first couple weeks off, obviously the holdout yes. of training camp, and maybe his legs are a little bit heavy at this time of the season. The, the one thing that I would point to for the Cowboys is that their defense hasn't stepped up. They, Kirk Cousins threw, he were dropped back 32 times yesterday. Right. He only had one sack. That's not going to win football games. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering why I'm not seeing as much from the linebackers. And I'm starting to realize that I think it's actually a D-line issue. Um, because I don't think those linebackers are getting freed up like they were last mm-hmm. year. Because when they went on that run, it was those two. It was Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch yeah. going sideline to sideline. Well, and I have always said that Dallas had a very underrated two deep at their D line. So I just went back and looked at their roster from January. Uh, so this is the end of last year. Um, Tyrone Crawford as their D tackle is like their veteran force that has been there since 2012. And he's not there right now. He's on the IR. Um, they had David Irving Mm -hmm. who now is not playing in the NFL with his obsession. I don't want to, I don't want to demean it. Uh, the man loves marijuana and he's trying to get in the business of it, but he was a difference maker. Which he's still playing. Malik Collins, Randy Gregory. Um, they had a little bit more depth than I think they do now. And I think that they have the Michael Bennett's and they have the Robert Quinn's, but I think that those guys are so much smaller than the other guys that I mentioned before. They're missing the meat. And that's why I was surprised yesterday where I'm like, I know it's Dalvin cook, but in years past, Dallas would have destroyed that Minnesota offensive line. And I thought yesterday, Minnesota de- destroyed Dallas. Well, you, you just pointed out why teams win in November and December. Yes. You win in November and December because of the guys in the trenches. Those 10 guys that you keep on your roster on the D-line. It's, it's so simple. It's, it's really so simple. Can you run the football and can you stop the run? Yeah. And we can go through a bunch of these games where the teams that we had favored had the ability to run the ball. We thought. And stop the run on the other side of the football. And they didn't do that, and they lost. This is a great example. Minnesota ran the ball for 153 yards yesterday. That's exactly what you thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to be, uh, run the football and play action pass. The Cowboys ended up with 55, 50 yards rushing, and they couldn't get the play action pass, even though uh, uh, Dak had a really good game. They couldn't get the run game going either. Yep. They lost in the trenches. And you can't afford to get dominated in the trenches, with especially how much they spent. To win there on the offensive side of the ball. It's the East is getting one team in. 
You know, the West is is looking at two, maybe three. Maybe that three. loss to the Rams mm-hmm. was big. You look at the North, they got two. Yep. Uh, I think that right now Minnesota moves their way into the six, and there's a gap. You know, Minnesota right now is seven and three at the six. The team on the, the outside looking in is the Rams at five and four. Mm-hmm. So there's a two-game lead. Think about it. If Dallas wins that game, they're six and three, and Minnesota's six and four. That's right. And it's a whole other – so now Dallas – but I want to give props to Minnesota. You have to give some props to them. And to go into a tough place to play, Dallas has a pretty good home record. The fact that this is somewhat of a revenge game for Zimmer because he, he was with Bill Parcells down there, but also the fact that they do this without Adam Thielen. And I'm starting to see more out of this Irv Smith kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I love um, – the the backup running back Madison Madison yeah like that one two bunch yes. is phenomenal Kyle I, Rudolph had a day that catch. great catch in the back of the end man one handed but the Vikings are the Vikings are a really solid eleven win team that's going to lose the first round of the playoffs uh, this that's is what, how I look this at is what them. you got to think about with the Vikings they got a great running attack right they got two receivers especially when Thielen comes back that can win Kyle Rudolph is a, a good player in the inside their offensive line i think still needs to be helped just a bit i think their defense especially the front seven is 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 good yes. i think their secondary it has fallen off a little bit compared to years in the past the big question was can can Kirk Cousins win in primetime games. That was the, the big question. Yes. Last night he answered that. He played well. Two touchdowns there. Didn't turn the ball over. That's a good thing for Kirk Cousins. Here's the thing. They went into a hostile environment and beat a very good football team yep. in the Cowboys. And that's a great step in the right direction for the Vikings. The Vikings are now, this is from Blue Sun Samurai, the Vikings are now 7-0 and on turf and 0-3 on grass. Yes. I think that shit matters. Does it? I've always said it does. Here's an interesting thing about Dallas if you're buying the overrated take. There are only two teams that are currently in the playoffs. So this is the sixth in the AFC and the sixth in the NFC that have um, a strength of victory. So this is the record of the teams you've beaten that are below 15, and that is the Bill, the Bills and the Cowboys. The Cowboys have only beaten they have beaten five teams that have twelve wins combined. Yes. Yes. They That's haven't beat anybody. Like for for comparison, Green Bay has beaten teams with thirty eight wins. Tougher schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that I'm looking at Dallas and I'm going well, it was great for the birds. We gotta, we gotta, what a I, week. I, I think it is great for the birds. It was amazing. I, and I'll say that. But it, there's some still questions for the for our Eagles. But the, the biggest question of the game was what do you do at the end of the game? Obviously, your stud running back hasn't played well, hasn't got as many yards as you want to. If you're Kellen Moore, do you keep the ball in Dak, who's hot yes. at the time? Why, why not? Obviously, Stopping we see the, Dak and Amari. You can't. Like 11 for 154. Just they balled out. Feed him. Just why not? Yeah. But also, here's the other side to that, because the other side is simple. Well, you know what? Do you really trust Dak to be great all game long? Why don't you give the ball to your best player? That's the other side, especially if, if, if Dak and I, and didn't I, complete the and football. And I would ask you, who's the better player right now, Dak or Zeke? Because Dak is the one that is a peripheral MVP candidate, and yes. Zeke were going, what the fuck happened in well, Cabo? Well, it, it takes so I would argue that. that Dak, I would argue that Dak is a top 10 quarterback, I would say closer to 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say that we talk about quarterbacks that are showing growth, it's year on year. Yes. And so I'm reaching the point where I'm going, hey, is this all residual hate because we didn't want Tony Romo to get taken out? And like, we just haven't addressed that. And like, is it because he got rookie of the year and it probably should have gone to Zeke? Mm-hmm. Like, 
are we harboring that and bringing down Dak? Like Dominique Foxworth, I had a brief conversation where he was like, everybody's too low on Dak. And when you really start thinking about it, I'm like, what has the kid done wrong? He has the quarterback win stat, if you want that. Absolutely. He is statistics year over year. He's dealt with like very elementary passing concepts. Mm -hmm. And I don't put that on the player. I put that on the coach. He finally has a weapon in Amari Cooper. And I would say that if you stack up quarterback wide receiver statistics in that time span, they're likely top five with the likes of Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, um, and, and, and people of that ilk. Dak Prescott has done everything to not only deserve a big contract, but to end this discussion that Zeke, that the Cowboys are Zeke's team. The Cowboys are Dak's team. That's what, that's what the, hey, that's, that felt really good. That, that did feel good. Yeah, I'm I back. Just, I, I'm back. He should get paid a lot, right? Yes. Yeah, he should get paid a lot. Same oh. thing probably as Teddy Bridgewater, but that's the I, whole I different I think Dak story. is so much more better than we'll, Teddy. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I think this, when you talk about Dak. That was a good rant. He's able to lead this offense. That was a good rant. And it's supposed to be Zeke's team. That's the question. It was I mean, built that's, to be Zeke's That's the thing. He's yeah. doing that with it being Zeke's team. Yeah. He's still able to do it. I, I, listen, we've seen how good he's been. He's gotten so much better than so the, much the better. game manager that he was. Yesterday, he played well enough to win. Yes. And he's throwing the ball taken out of his lasers. Hand. Yes. And he has a little pregame hip. <laughs> you like that little hip deal? Well, doing the show with Sims, like all he ever fucking talked about was his hips. Uh huh. And and when when we would go out and throw and you'd work on the torque, that means in my mind that he's got really good coaches around. <laughs> because his, so his quarterback. Well, coaches, who's going out to throw? You and Sims? Like sit. Well, like that. I, I saw you try to catch punts a couple weeks ago. That's no good. So are you throw, are you getting your hips ready before before I, I the show? Pretty good ball. Not not like the, what's funny is this. So when we did the Sanu video, yeah. the first like. I don't know, hour of being out there, I couldn't throw a ball five yards. Mm -hmm. it, it was like, and I was like so embarrassed. And then at the end, I started throwing, and Sanu was like, I got worried for a little bit, but he's like, you can throw it. Yeah, he's yeah. like, but at the beginning, I was worried. Yeah. But it's all – I sometimes I watch these quarterbacks, and the way they throw, Sims just kind of fucked me up because I can see who's an arm thrower, and I can see who doesn't have good legs, and like they're, they're facing opposite direction. And the fact that, like, I've, I've noticed a lot of quarterbacks in pregame this year are doing this. Mm -hmm. They have weights, and they're mm -hmm. doing this thing. It looks ridiculous. Please don't it's make it definitely. doing it, too. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, to loosen the shoulder joints. But when you see the hip, because he can launch it. He can get the ball yeah. out. I mean, he has some zip on the football. The, the most important thing, all of those things are important. Arm strength, all of those things are important. Accuracy yeah. and timing yeah. are the most important thing. And he understands much better how to throw the ball in smaller windows. More importantly, the, even both of those things, yeah. he knows what matchup he wants. He understands defenses better. Yeah. We've seen the progression of this young man. He will get paid, obviously, but... He's played much better, played well enough to win yesterday. All right, let's get back to Bengal Tank slash Dolphin Tank slash soon-to-be Giant Tank. Next into the tank, Lefko believes this quarterback is the clutchest in the NFL. And by the way, I looked up the word clutch on dictionary.com, and of the eight definitions listed, not a single one mentioned playing well during big moments. But we're all adults here. I think through context, you know we're talking about a QB who's great in the fourth quarter, not one that's really good at, quote, seizing with one's hands or claws. Or it could be a small handbag, a clutch. It could be Daniel Jones just fumbling every opportunity he has. Clutching to yeah. regain it. Uh -huh. uh, so this quarterback already has um, three fourth quarter comeback drives. Okay. Was, was one of those drives yesterday? One of those drives was this week. Okay. This week he also made history 
setting an NFL record with 18 fourth quarter comebacks in his first six seasons in the NFL. Mm. We love to do this where uh, quickest to 400 catches, quickest to 4,000 yards, the most fourth quarter comebacks in his first six seasons, and we still have seven weeks left. Mm. I believe this quarterback is the most clutch quarterback in the NFL. Brian Westbrook, are you buying it? Mm, I'm going to just uh, – without – any thought? I'm going to say no, only because you're not buying anything today. Well, no, it, I mean, spent a lot of money I mean, yesterday. I get a it. lot of spending <laughs> money yesterday. But when you're telling me that he's constantly coming back, it makes me think that the first couple quarters of the game, his defense, his past defense has been awful this year. So he's okay. kind of been brought into that situation. So bad early defense. I'm going to say no. I'm going to stick with no on this one. Okay, who do you think it is? Bad first quarter. This is my favorite part is when you're has, trying to Has come back. Oh, man. He's, he just, he's had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. He had a season a few years ago where people were bringing him up in the MVP discussion. So he's a six-year. He's in, in the six-year, huh? Yeah, stop looking at oh, the Well, I mean, I, I, I okay, got to okay, at least okay, look okay, at okay. the teams. I mean, yeah. six-year, Ryan Tannehill. Mm. Derek Carr. I was I was definitely going to go Derek Carr. I the remember Raiders. Was, yeah, yeah, this yeah. segment is brought to you by the Raiders fans. They have been hearing your bullshit all year long, and now they're here to stop on your graves right. because they're five and four. They're a half a game back in the AFC West. They've had a few home games, and they're dusting people, and I love it. Well, they're in a position where Screw they can certainly get Raiders. a wild card, right? Okay, so they're, they're second. They're second wild card currently, aren't they? They are in the seven seed. So if you were to look okay. at the wild cards right now, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Indy are all knotted up at five and four. Okay. But Pittsburgh via, via tiebreakers currently sits at the six, which is wild. Yes, because listen, at the beginning of the season they were zero and two. I said there's no chance Mason that they win. And none of it's it's on. Let's not get off Raiders. I want to give Raiders their love. But the fact that the Raiders and the Steelers are back in it, those two franchises, incredible. Well, I think that John Raiders was building something all along. We talked about we talked to Abrams about it, just the thought process, the mindset of that football team. It was us against the world. Nobody believes in us. But the coach had a plan. He got a bunch of young kids out there playing well. Your quarterback's playing better than he did before we broke his leg years ago or injured his leg years ago. You got a run, young running back. Derek Carr, that back. Yeah. I mean, you, you, got a, you got a bunch of stuff on that offense now, that can score points. I will say one thing. Still oh, don't have a pass rush. Still here's what's so great about the Raiders. Next week, do you know who they play? Who's that? The Bengals make it six and four. You know who they play after that? Who's that? The Jets. So the schedule's getting easier. They could be seven and four, Brian Westbrook, Mm -hmm. heading into a monster one o'clock matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a great Let's fucking go. It's a great matchup for the oh. Obviously, how many games in a row is that? Man, three? If Derrick Henry can run all those yards on the Chiefs, Josh, Josh Jacobs. Absolutely. Dude, right up the gut. Do you want to get on the Raiders stop. bandwagon right now? I'm jumping on. And here's the thing. Jumping on. They could all come three crumbling down, but ahead. let's be like the first real people. Let's like, let's say something really ridiculous yeah. so that like the Raiders fans are like, these are our fucking guys. How many games have they won in a row? Three? Two. Two. They and beat so the then, Lions. Yes. They dropped 31 on that team. Ooh. Then they beat the Chargers with the comeback at the end. And so they'll, then they'll win the next two. Yeah, and they're 7-4. and four. We could say right now, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, we got to do double, though, because we both want to be the Raiders guys. A double, double shot, double shot. Okay, okay. 
Westbrook, I don't know, man. I think we might have to be big-time Raiders supporters. I feel a run coming on. What are you seeing? I love the way that they have the ability to run the football. Yep. And they can stop the run. And their young quarterback, not not young, yeah. but Derek Carr's playing well. Insanely Most importantly, clutch. playing well. Clutch quarterback. They're going to win next week. They're going to win the week after that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be 7-4, and four, and then they're going to Kansas, Kansas City. City. Are you willing to say they beat the Chiefs? Ah, uh, You know, I love Andy Reid. But this is one weakness for the Kansas City Chiefs is stopping the run. Yep. Josh Jacobs. Downhill football. I'm taking the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders will be four. Ooh. Heard it here first. Ooh. Okay, that felt good. That felt so good. So what we'll do is we're gonna clip that and we're gonna spread it on the internet. Yes. Raider Nation. Raider Nation. I'm down to be a Raiders podcast. The Raiders beat the Eagles in the nineteen eighty Super Bowl, so technically like I still hate that. I don't care. Yeah. I was negative six. Yeah. I was born, but I wasn't happy. Yeah, you weren't born an Eagles fan. No. You're born in our world. Yeah, yeah, you know. uh, but the play the playoffs overall in the AFC, you look at it, look, man, like here come the Ravens. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Steelers. Houston's still right there at six and three, sitting atop the eight and one Patriots. Just, the fact I like forgot they're eight and one. You know what I mean? Did you? I just well, well, they didn't play this week, so it was a bye. The Patriots have a tough schedule. Here. We talked about the the, the uh, Ravens. I mean, the Raiders' schedule. The Patriots have a tough schedule ahead yeah. of them. So I'm a little bit thinking that they're going to fall back to the pack just a little bit. Still be the, probably the best team in the uh, AFC. But I would be concerned about if I'm if I'm the Patriots. I'm thinking about the Houston Texans. Yes, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Kansas City will probably lose another couple games. They can't win. With and they're the clearly thinking about Baltimore. No, no doubt about it. Baltimore, obviously. Bills are they're done. The Steelers have surprised me. This was, together. This week is wild. Just because if you look at the the bottom half of the playoffs on both sides, AFC Buffalo. Now we're going. Oh, they're that done. was that they're was done. shaky. Also, props to Vegas. The number one question that I got what from everyone all week is how are the Browns a three point favorite against a six and two Bills team? And not only do they win, they win by exactly yes. three points. Yeah. Like Vegas, whatever almanac you have, they're smarter than us. That's what you, it is. Marty McFly'd the fuck out of us. But you look like Pittsburgh is now there, Oakland is now there, Indy, two straight losses, having to play with Brian Hoyer. They fall back. Tennessee, they get a win. They're still in it. Jacksonville is one game back from Indy. Yeah. And Nick Foles is coming back. Yes. Like, uh oh, BDN is back in the building. Like Jaguars could make a run. Chargers are that annoying team at four and six that you don't know if they can put something together. I would say they're in trouble. Shit, the Browns still have a chance. If the Browns on Thursday night beat the Steelers, Mm -hmm. they are now four and six, and the Steelers are five and five. They're one game back. How do the Browns handle success of winning that one game? I mean, how do they do it? I mean, there's been some question marks in the locker room, head coaching-wise, yep. decision-making. How do they handle the little bit, small amount of success of winning that one game? Yeah. How do, and, and on a short week, too. So think about that. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about the Cleveland Browns. You win and you lose. How do you handle it? I'm not so sure that they handle it well. I, it will be interesting. I, they, are, they are your typical high Well, Pittsburgh's high and low. streaking, too. I mean, Pittsburgh's playing well. 
they're, they're, they're playing well offensively and defense. They got a bunch of young kids on the defense side of the ball that are flying around. Their defense, I heard the guys on the Around the NFL podcast talking about it today, how many turnovers they have far- yeah. faced, uh-huh. f- excuse me, forced these last few games. I'm just going to pick it up because that's the sign that I look into in a defense is disrupting the quarterback and also causing turnovers. Oh. Four-game winning streak for the Steelers. Oh. You know who that is? Who is what that? up, left go? It's uh, Pat, Pat Pat. I know you Pat thought Pat the Patriots Pat. were on a bye this week and that they just spent the weekend hobnobbing in Copley Place and going to the R-rated hypnotist in Quincy Market and getting a <laughs> jump on their holiday shopping at the South Shore Plaza, but you would be wicked wrong, my dude. You see, Belichick does not believe in bye weeks. No, he was out there scheming and plotting like it was friggin' Ocean's Eleven, but instead of one of those lame-ass Las Vegas casinos, instead, it was one of those awesome blackjack barges that used to leave out of Swamp Scott before they got shut down due to a rash of food poisoning from some bad lobster. Thanks, friggin' OSHA. Anyway, Belichick made some calls, and wouldn't you know it, the Bills lost, the Chiefs lost, and we got Lamar Jackson getting high off that sweet, seductive Cincinnati hubris, bro. And we even got former Patriots legend Brian Hoyer to throw three picks so everyone would know that Patriots uber legend Jacoby Brissett truly is the greatest Colts quarterback since Jeff friggin' George. I do not acknowledge the Peyton Manning era. We're coasting to the one seed. And plus, I just got into the Guinness Book of World Records by watching Mystic River 287 times in a row. A bye week well spent. Remember, it's not Stefan Gill less. It's Stefan Gilmore. Pat, Pat, out. <laughs> Man, oh, Trevor's okay. Pat, Pat. Pat, Pat, but you better call Gronkowski. A lot of people have been asking, is he coming back? When will we be back? I don't even want to. There's no way. How could he? But that also kind of tell you where the team is at when they're saying, well, let's get a retired guy that's lost 50 pounds after he's retired. Try to bring him back to help us. That, it, that offense is Pat, Pat brings up a good point. It's always like Eagles and Patriots had the bye, mm-hmm. and they had two of the best weeks that you can ask for. It was great. Like – Eagles got the Cowboys to lose. A yep. few other teams got beaten up. Rams suffered a really tough loss. And now, like, the Eagles are kind of right around there. Patriots, he's absolutely right. Like, Kansas City losing, it puts the gap between the Patriots and everybody else that much bigger to get another bye. You know, there's nothing more consistent than the Patriots with a bye in the playoffs. Yeah. Might not be the one or the, might not be necessarily the one, but it's looking more and more that they're going to get a bye. And big week for the Pats. I mean, it's a huge week against a team that obviously coming off the bye that has been running the ball consistently these last couple weeks. We were talking about this yesterday. We're not excited for the Eagles-Patriots. I'm excited for it. I'm nervous. Are you? I mean, you should be nervous, obviously. Because we're going to spend – yeah, we're going to get all excited now that we're, like, tied for the NFC East, and then we're playing Belichick off a loss, off a bye. They didn't stop the run very good. And I know it's Baltimore. There's a lot of different things to look at. 210 yards for the Ravens last time they played. The Eagles want to run the football. And you know what? Last time Doug Peterson had extra time to prepare for Belichick, he stomped his ass in the fucking Super Bowl, Pat Pat. Worked out well. I regret doing that immediately. I'm sorry. We, As we a gotta, friend. You got to look at the Patriots' schedule. We, we look at it every single I know. Day. Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, two out of three. Wentz, Dak, Watson, Then you Mahomes. have the Chiefs, obviously the Bengals, yeah. Bills. Oh, that's, that's the exciting part about if you're a Patriots fan is – if you're a Patriots fan, you know that you're going to get a bye. Right. You know that you're going to figure it out and that whether Gronk comes back or not, he's not. 
Belichick is going to figure this out and you will experience joy. But the other good thing too, is like, you're going to get tested defensively for the next four weeks. And like, you need that shit because the Patriots always have a part of the season where they kind of get smacked in the mouth a little bit. The doubters come in. It's become a meme. We do it every year, but that's also where Belichick, all the flaws get brought out and then he can fix them in terms of like Belichick. I feel like gets annoyed when he beats a team too much. Cause he's like, show me my issues so that I can go in the lab and become stronger. He's black Panther. He's done that. He's done that. More yeah. more often than not, Belichick's never been called back. The man. question is offensively. Mm. This year is different. Can they make up for the loss? Obviously, Gronk. I think Muhammad Sanu pickup is baller. huge because he is a baller. But can they make up for that yeah. deficit? And what's up with their run game? Do they still run the football? Sony Michelle's getting more action than I think people. They love James. Where has he been? Yeah, I, I kind of I'm, I've been waiting for Sony Michelle to have these breakout. The big games. thing for the Patriots, no one's talking about, is they're maybe going to get Isaiah Win back. Yes. Their left tackle. That's going to be that's helpful. a game changer. Helpful. We have one more Bengal Dolphin Giant eh, Bengal Tank Bengal Tank Bengal. Yeah. They Finally, into the tank. Lefko knows that football is a team sport, but there is one particular player that we should all be raving about as the best in the game. Teams should really give the ball to more players like him because his doubters are lame. Mar Jackson. Who is this mystery man? Find out now. <laughs> All right. I think this guy's the best player in the NFL. Okay. Is, is that it? Yeah. You ask me whatever questions you want. Okay. I'm going to open is book. He, is he an offensive player? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is he a quarterback? Uh, he is. Okay. Does he play for Baltimore? I can't give you that. Yeah, okay. That was, was on a roll a little bit there. All right. So, offensive player, best in the league, you yep, think? Best he's in a, the league. He's a quarterback. Yep. So, he's not Lamar Jackson. Is he? Did he, he play yesterday? Yes. Okay. Are you going to buy it first before you guess? Well, how much does he cost? Oh, uh, $21.8 million. That's the dead cap of Brandon Cooks. It's okay. not Brandon Cooks. Okay. Okay. He's the best in the league. You, yeah, I'll buy him for 21. Yeah, of course. Okay. It's Lamar Jackson. Okay. I'll take Lamar. Yeah, I'll take Lamar. <laughs> that was the first time that was the first time where uh David made it really obvious and it was actually Yeah, him. it was him though. Lee Lame Mar Jackson. This mystery player. Nice job. Man. You watched him yesterday. We watched him together. We just we, And we just in awe. Like what else can he to, wait, to Is break, there anything that he cannot do? To break down the fourth wall, homies in 33%. We were just sitting there and every time he made a play, we just looked at each other we're like, he's so fucking good. So good. Like Lamar is so good that you feel the need to touch people that you like yeah. after he does stuff. We're just like you're like hitting your friend yeah. and you're like, isn't he? No, we oh. were we were touching the neighbors that were sitting next to us yes. like, "Hey man, you did you, you see that? Yeah, like you we see what he we just were did? like yelling at people that may have been watching a different game like, yes. "Stop watching Darnold. Watch this. Look at this play." It was and and that was his spin move was as they like to say in college football, his Heisman moment. Yes. That is the clip that whenever ESPN does their hit with Ed Werder, mm-hmm. you're going to get that 15 second of him spinning and Nick Vigil's soul leaving his body as he tumbled to the earth. The best thing about Lamar Jackson, and all those things are great, runs the football well, obviously the offense with Greg Roman yeah. is doing a lot of different things. The most important thing for Lamar Jackson is that he's not taking these big hits. He's not taking them. And as a running back, I understand it because if I'm 5'10", 205 pounds. If I take the big hit, my season's over. Lamar Jackson has done a great job of avoiding the big hit. Big hit. That's what allows this thing to go. That's what allows us to have confidence to say, you know what, we see some longevity in the way that he's plays because he doesn't take those big hits. Defenses are so concerned with trying to catch him 
They're not even thinking about how to tackle him. They're just trying to get close to him. They're not thinking about the big hit on Lamar Jackson. That's the difference. That's the difference in the game. Once, first of all, you can't figure out where, what's going on with the ball handling. Greg Roman's done a great job. Amazing. You can't figure out who's, they hey, who's called the ball. in the first quarter an option in which Lamar Jackson pitched it to RG3. They say that when you're so prepared in the moment, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It is easy for the Ravens right now. Well, that was a setup. They know their identity so well that they can do whatever the fuck they want. It's all clicking. You want Mark Andrews on the lab? We got you. Yes. You want Gus Edwards coming in the third quarter, stomping you out? We got you. You want a sack fumble for a touchdown? We got you. You want Marcus Peters with his third pick six of the season? Looking beautiful in that Ravens jersey. That's the we best got pickup. you. That's the best pickup. They obviously oh. got Jimmy Smith back. Getting Marcus Peters oh. there that changes the game. Clicking changes the game. But that I love that RG three play. They're, they're that's setting something up for later. They're going to run the you little option. That. They option then he throws it. He th- he, yeah, of course. Well, they're saving it for when they play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in Baltimore because you heard it here preseason. The Ravens are getting the one seed. Here's bro. the here's Ravens the, and Raiders podcast. That's what we are. Here's the great thing. The Ravens. Here's a hard thing about the Ravens. They give you so much to look at. You can't possibly prepare for that in six days. You, yeah. you just can't. I want to play you something. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I'm going to play it on my phone. The audio is going to be fine. Uh, if you want to watch the video, it's it's just John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson on the bench. It's on the Ravens Twitter feed. Um, I o- I'm not even exaggerating. I almost cried on the one train. Oh, don't cry. But John Harbaugh Don't be one of these guys that doesn't let me show my emotions. John Harbaugh, but I'm gonna, some of the best speeches. Did you watch this yet? I have not watched it. Yes. But I had a lot of his speeches. One okay. of the best. This is John Harbaugh with Lamar Jackson on the sidelines during the Cincinnati game. Volume is up. Playing. All right, hold on. That caught it. Well, it started. Most quarterback worries about. I'll, I'll read it. Most quarterbacks worry about stats. I'm worried about my team, coach. Feel good. So the audio quality sucked, but I would I would recommend go watching it. The up and back of Harbaugh being so appreciative and Lamar being so focused yeah. that every answer is like the answer you write in a script for your quarterback to say. Like the fact that he goes, do you know how many kids are going to be wearing eight jerseys? And he yeah. says, I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't like and, it. And then I'll say this. You what? Hold I don't on. like it. Hold on. Let me finish this. I saw a clip from the draft where Lamar Jackson got drafted. And the first thing he's, he was like so motivated that he went 32nd. He's like, I'm winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I have such a love affair right now for Lamar Jackson that I will admit here, I DM'd him today. Really? I don't think he got a response, How'd but you... I just told him I was proud of him. Because you could do that on Instagram. I'm just letting it all out so the you bag. DM'd, hey, I am, I am in you, love with this Ravens team. Yeah. I am in love with Lamar Jackson. They have done everything right. I believe that that 
the original Harbaugh, the one that was like an incredible coach at Western Kentucky, gave birth to two kids that if you wanted to study them in a laboratory, you couldn't find people that are more different than these two. Right, right. Harbaugh that's in Michigan, I have heard is insufferable. I don't think he's that good of a coach. He crumbles in big games. This Harbaugh, John, and his relationship with Lamar, it is like the father-son relationship that I love. That's why I cry. I hate and, it. And, I hate it. You, you know why I hate it. What? Because I don't like that type of talk in the middle of games. Yeah, but when you're up like 30 on the yeah. Bengals. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And that, that's what he makes sure. Come, come over here, camera. I'm about to tell something emotional. Oh, you think it was all. What? What type of conversation is that? Well, I, guess, in the middle of the I guess the thing is. I love you and you're doing so great. You're an inspiration to kids. That's not a conversation but, for middle of football games. But you know what? The reason I loved it is not because of what Harbaugh said. The reason I love it is because Lamar is like, he's like, man, I love y'all. Like, I got it. I just, I love his demeanor. The reason why I love Lamar is because yesterday he had a pair of the, the, I don't, they look like blue blockers, but they weren't blue blockers. They look like the Oakley glasses. Yeah, they look like something an optometrist. They were too much. They they looked Linval Joseph, I felt like, were the same when he had that fumble (laughs) return against the Eagles last year. So you think that Harbaugh staged that whole thing? I think John Harbaugh, again, gives the best speeches. I think he's a great motivator. He does. He did that for our special teams for a long time, number one special teams in the league for a long time. And I also think that he understands where he's the aware camera of the is. camera. Yeah. And I don't say, there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't like it on the sideline. I, John Harbaugh is so savvy that when there were rumors that they might let him go last year, mm-hmm. he was like, all right. We'll cool. figure it out. Yeah. I'll go somewhere else. That's right. And most coaches would be like, I don't want to talk about this. We're not making any changes. He just rides the wave, Well, man. He, he, he understands what moves a team. He motivates his football team. He also understood the collection of good players oh. that he had, especially on that defensive side of the ball, and now on the offensive side with a special player like Lamar. It makes that team just go. Marcus Peters, third pick six of the season. Uh I think really spurned on by my comments here on the podcast. Uh, only three players have ever done it four times. No one has ever done five. And these are the quarterbacks that he still has up left that he could pick six. Jared Goff. Yes. Sam Darnold. Yes. Josh Allen. Baker. They like to throw the ball to the other team. Pick sixable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very interesting. You know, it was good to see Hollywood Brown back. Yes. Speed, looking fast down the field. I think Mark Andrews continues to be a unsung hero in that offense. He's a baller. He's catching the ball around the ball. He's a 50 50 guy. Yeah, he just goes he really up and can go up and it. take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Of course, you add in there that defense and what they're able to do. I, I told you yesterday, I love Marlon Humphreys. He, he, he can take out your best receiver. Yes. He can just go out and say, listen, today you're not getting any catches. When you have that type of defense, and this is how your defense plays to your offense, you, it allows you to be patient with that run game. Even though they've been very explosive with the run game, that defense allows you to be patient in the hard games, in the games where you're saying, hey, it's only 6-6 six to six because our defense is playing so well. Now Lamar doesn't have to throw the ball 40 times, even if you're in a game that you're not leading and looking good. This is why we can't overreact in the beginning of the season when the Ravens were an absolute sieve. Right. You know, and they allowed the 33 to the Chiefs and the 40 to the Browns, and everybody kind of got worried. And then you look what they've done since the Browns game. Went to overtime with the Steelers, knocked out um, Mason Rudolph, allowed 23. Allowed 17 to the Bengals, 16 at Seattle, 20 to the Patriots, and 13 to the Bengals. So since the world was collapsing when they allowed 40 to the Browns, since then, they've allowed over 21 time, and it was an over game, mm-hmm. overtime game. Mm-hmm. And that's why the good the Kings stayed Kings. Good teams figured out. 
Dean Pease was not going to allow this defense to crumble, and he's figured it out. Let's go to the newly acclaimed best segment in podcasting, Monday Cup. We do not need to do voices. Thank goodness. If you'd like to do a voice, oh my God. you don't have to. These are, these are two things. They are either takes from around the internet that Ingber found, or they're interesting statistics. So it's not necessarily something I believe, but it's just like things that are true that are existing. Well, this is a disappointing one, and this is okay. one that hurts me to my soul because there's always talk around the NFL about running backs aren't worth it. And I can make the argument yesterday, the running backs were worth it. The running backs are getting it done, especially November, December. This is when you win championships. Okay. Todd Gurley mm-hmm. did not touch the ball once in the fourth quarter. There are so many questions about this Rams team. That stings. Where you go, okay, um, your offense, they had a defensive touchdown. Yes. And they had a safety. Mm-hmm. And I believe they scored 12 points. So they scored three with their offense. I remember a game last year where the Rams went to the Broncos and it was snowing. Yeah. And Jared Goff couldn't play because, as we've learned with Jared Goff, his road splits, he is a different quarterback. He stinks on the road, all that stuff. But Todd Gurley ran for 200 yards against the Broncos yeah. and they pulled out the win. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. You can't have a game where Cooper Cup. Where, where slot receivers have owned the Steelers all year, and then Cooper Cup has zero catches. The offensive line is a mess. I believe they had another injury yesterday. Jared Goff is in full regression mode right now, and the defense played well. I mean, the Steelers' offense was crap, but, like, I don't even want to focus just on Todd Gurley. I just have questions about, like, we were we were joking before about the the old Dane Cook joke where he says, you know, I'd break up my, my with my boyfriend, but my CDs are still in mm-hmm, his car. Mm-hmm. There's a few of these situations, these hard conversations that like you need to break up with these people, even if it's going to be sometimes good. And one of those hard conversations for me is Jared Goff. Ooh, like I know you just gave him a hundred and whatever million. But, like, how do you watch a game like that and go, he's the guy? Well, you can't. You can't break up with Jared Goff. Yeah, it's impossible. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like getting married and buying a house and, like, one weekend going, like, I yep. fucked up. I, and I, I know that just hit a few people right in the chest. That hurts. Well, this is what I think about this football team. And, obviously, the injury to Gurley is the huge part, and that's why everything is going Haywire because offensively before Gurley got hurt, let's talk about last year. A couple yeah, of years yeah, yeah. Back, it was Todd Gurley making magic happen. Jared Goff play action pass, throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. These fast receivers. Now you don't have that. Here's the thing. I watched the game yesterday. 12 carries, 73 yards. That's 6.1 yards a carry for Gurley. There's no excuse. There's no reason not to allow him to touch the football. And, and I was – I don't understand. You said 12. Yeah. Saquon, I think, had 13 yesterday. Um there was another big time running back that had eight. I just these teams sometimes get away from the runs. Well, again, the game was close the entire game. They end up losing by five. So there's no reason not to give them the football. Yeah. There's no reason to get away from your best player. They brought especially Blake if your quarterback's throwing the ball to, to two interceptions already. It just doesn't make any sense. Listen, I, I understand, and I played with knee injuries for a long time. And there were games where I had it and games where I didn't. Yesterday, Gurley had it. He had the stuff. This is the reason when you say when you have it, you feed the hot hand. Talking about the Dallas Cowboys, hello. Also talking about the the St. Louis L.A. Rams. 
You feed the hot hand, you allow Todd Gurley to continue to go off. Why would you not give him the football? And the one thing that Sean Big Bay said was that it was all about the rotation. Well, Coach, I believe that you're a young genius. You've done a lot of good things in the NFL at a young age. But here's the thing. There's no rotation when you have your best player on the bench. Give him the football, period. Especially if he's having one of his healthier days mm. with 12 yards, 73 yards. Self carries 73 yards. You feed that guy. Yeah. You don't put him on the bench. Mm. I had a conversation with Marty Mornwick, and I'll stop this rant in no, a minute. No, please, keep going. We were, I was having a good day. Marty took me out of the goal line. My, my first conversation as I'm running to the sideline is you never take out that guy that's having a great guy, a great game on the goal line. Mm. You never take the ball out of that guy's hand because you never know. This may be the game that seals the Rams' fate for the entire season. Yeah. Why would you do that, especially for throwing the football with Jared Goff? It's disappointing. <sighs> that sounded like it felt good to get that good. out. Felt, yeah, yeah. Uh, Running backs need love, too. So a few other notes from this game. Uh if you want to talk about fan bases right now that are still feeling somewhat okay, but it's going to get really bleak these mm-hmm. next few years, I think one of these two franchises is in trouble. It's the Bears and it's the Rams because they're two teams that have mortgaged their future. They have already built their foundation. I don't think it's a foundation that you can win Super Bowls. You feel that way about the Bears? they don't have draft picks. The Bears have really no draft picks for the next two years because of Khalil Mack. And I believe that unless they make the adult decision in not signing Trubisky. There's no way they can extend it. But, like, they have so much money invested already into a few players. The Rams are the same way. The Rams have no first-round picks next year, no first-round picks in 2021. They have – this is dead cap in 2020, Mm -hmm. according to Spot Track. Jared Goff, 51 million. Todd Gurley, 25.6 million. Brandon Cooks, what you paid for Lamar Jackson, 21.8 million. Robert Woods, only 4.3 million. But they're so top heavy and they have no depth that I look at the Rams and I go, this second half of the year, we talked about the Cowboys, how much you need depth. They could really, they could be really beaten up in this second half, and they're going to need a quarterback to be outer-worldly, and I don't think that, that Goff has that ability. He hasn't shown it. No. He hasn't shown that he could be that other guy that can be special and carry a football team. He hasn't been that guy. No. They need the run game. They need the ability to have the play action. And so, have. and this is going to sound very unplayers podcast. Unless this is a situation. Oh, that was a weird sound. Unless this is a situation mm-hmm. where Gurley is quietly pulling a Kawhi, and we don't know about it, where he's sort of like doing his own load management. If this is a Rams decision, I need to start asking the Rams this question. You built this team to win now. Yeah. I understand that Todd Gurley's knee, if you go too hard right now, you might not have him in year 9 or 10. I would ask you, do you think you're going to have him in years 9 or 10 anyway? No. Why not go for it? And that's a very unplayers podcast thing because usually we want health and and if if his leg cannot handle it, then we need to have a much bigger conversation. But like, well, they're twenty five carries. It's Todd fucking Gurley. Well, here again, they're five and four right now, so there's no future for this team if they don't start winning some games for this season. We're talking about the postseason in, in a division that you know certainly could have two teams come out of it. But you, know, you, you won't play- be that second team if. You know who the Rams play on Sunday night this week? Who's that? The fucking Bears. Like, it's two teams that are, like, looking at themselves and being like, this is us. We need to win. 
Bears hold on to that win over the Lions. I am. I watched none of that game. I had to rewatch the clips. Mm-hmm. Trubisky versus Dref, just well. Driscoll. Yeah. But I, I, I look at the Rams and I'm like, I'm worried it could all start crumbling. The only other, the other other note that I want to talk about from that game was Juju Jalen Ramsey before the game says he's not a B. He comes out gr- when someone talks shit and then you get the win. Yeah. That's got to feel so good. I love Juju. He said he's right though. I'm not Antonio Brown. I will never be Antonio Brown. I am myself. I am Juju Smith Schuster. I am not as good as him yet. I think I still have time to proceed to get to his level. But we're two totally different persons. Mm-hmm. One perfect answer. Love, Nailed it. Love his answer. Two. It's this thing that we do in sports where we see a guy playing in the position and they have to be the next whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure the next running backs after you and the Eagles were, you, we see some Brian Westbrook in this guy. Of Beautiful. Love the way no, I, I, I love the way that he responded. I love the way that he, his outlook to the game. You know, the one thing I loved, and this was an old story, is that when he was in school, he reached out to Antonio yep. Brown. I mean, it's just that small humbleness because there's not a lot of guys that are in the league now that would reach out for help. There's not a lot of guys in college that would reach yeah. out for help either. And he reached out, and I don't know that A.B. helped him a bunch yeah. or even responded at the time. But he's humble enough to understand who he is, who he's not, but he's also hungry. He's showing yeah. you, he's like, listen, I'm still going to grind, and I still want to achieve that. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm honest with myself. Those are the types of guys that you can go to war with. Those as, are the good guys. As someone that traded for Juju in fantasy in week three, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're going to – and then Ben Roethlisberger yeah. got hurt. Uh, I know that a lot of people are going, man, Juju's had a rough year and he's not A.B. That's a reflection on Mason Rudolph. Mm -hmm. Mason Rudolph, in my mind, is not a starting quarterback in this league. He is not someone that you can build around. Hasn't been great. If I'm the Steelers, I am looking outside or I'm looking for a trade or I'm calling up the Panthers and saying, if you're serious about this Cam Newton stuff because we're not sure about Big Ben coming back from injury – I don't know if that's the best quarterback room in the in the NFL. If your quarterback room is Cam Newton and Big Ben, that would actually be the worst quarterback room. I want to take back that take immediately. They might actually come to blows. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Big Ben and Cam Newton no, walking yeah, in in preseason probably, and Tom and going, gonna let them fight it out? Yeah, that probably holy not crap. That's not there. That's not good. actually. And now I'm rooting for it. Well, well maybe. Mason Rudolph hard gets, gets better with time. Maybe, no. maybe because Ben's no. coming back. He'll be he's still on the bench. Mason Rudolph, times. no. Come on, you can't. Because you can't I'll, I'll say this. You can't do that to the young the big, kids. The big internet conversation right now is people going, uh, why are we being so hard on Kyle Allen of Carolina? Like, we're giving more props to Mason Rudolph. And, like, I see plays out of Kyle Allen once a week where I go, that's a good play. Or, he like, ball. he escapes yeah. and makes a good play, and, and it's a little heady. I know that there's some Panthers Twitter that are saying that he goes to his first read too much. I have not seen – I see the occasional deep ball for Mason Rudolph – where I go, not bad, mm-hmm. but I don't see it. It takes some time for young quarterbacks. Like I saw in the gridiron thing, people going, it's been a roller coaster ride for Kyler Murray this yes, year. And yes. I go, it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. All I want to see out of my rookies is the highs. Okay. Because you're showing me what you're capable of. Every rookie is going to have the lows, but I need this roller coaster to be like Steel Force at Dorney Park, right. where it gets super fucking high. Because that's you know what I mean? Like we saw sparks from Deshaun Watson to know that he could build. When the when the Ravens went on a six game winning streak with Lamar, we saw what he could do. Now, he's even exceeded it. Mahomes, we saw what he could do. Right. I have not seen any of the highs from Mason Rudolph that make me think that once we get rid of the lows, he'll be fine. Well, here's the highs. They've won four games in a row. 
That's that's the highs. And I would argue and that it's it's BM and AM. It's before Minka and it's after Minka. Yes. It's in the cup. Yes. So if I, the Steelers were zero and two before Minka. They're five and two after Minka. The defense has played much better. They've been incredible, incredible. And that was actually the point that I was going to get to before Pat Pat called, which was the turnovers. Wow, I was able to bring it all back. By game, Pittsburgh Steelers defense, game by game. Okay, turnovers. Kind of reminds time you sacked four against the Rams, five against the Colts, four against the Dolphins, only one against the Chargers, five against the Baltimore Ravens, eight against the Bengals. That's sacks, interceptions, three against the Rams. So three, one, two, two, three. Those are interceptions. Yes, that's five, six, eight. That's 11 in the last five weeks. Some teams don't get 11 for the whole year. Fumbles forced. Four, four, three. So in the last three weeks, they have forced six interceptions and 11 fumbles. Yes. That's... They're playing out as they're playing good defensively. Minka looks great. Joe Hayden, I think, had five pass deflections mm-hmm. last night mm-hmm. because he's got a good core around him. Uh, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt continue to come forward. Quarterback. I the Steelers are doing it all defense right now. Well, that's and good. I'm loving it. That's good. In I that like division. when my teams. That's how that team was history. made, though. That's how the Steelers made their name back yes. in the day. Defensive football, nasty physical. They got a bunch of young guys on this defense. That's why they're known as the Iron Curtain. And they're nasty and they're physical and they get after it. And don't let them get a lead. They're going to they're gonna <laughs> jump on your They're throat. the Steel Curtain. I was fucking around. In the next three weeks, at Cleveland. What did, what did you call it? Iron Curtain. <laughs> it was a joke. Um, at Cleveland, at Bengals, at Cleveland. Like it. I mean, the Steelers could be 8-4. and four. Should we also oh, then be, they get Arizona, then they get the Jets, and the, they end with Baltimore. So that's should we also simultaneously be a Steelers podcast and we? predict that they're going to go like nine and four in their next four? Should we should we get both fan bases? We should. They have Cleveland, Cincy, Cleveland, Arizona. Uh, no, they're getting too much love as it is. I think we're too late. I think we missed it. They they've won four in a row. We probably did. No, I think we should actually go the opposite. I think we should say that the Steelers came off the bye, was struggling against the Dolphins at home, down 14 nothing, came back, had to get their injured quarterback, Brian Hoyer, uh, against the Colts to eke out a win, and Adam Vinatieri missed a game-winning mm-hmm. field goal. And then they take on the Rams, and they get like a defensive touchdown, and their offense looks like crap. I actually think we should go the opposite and say, oh, by the way, Steelers, all three of those last wins were at home, and of your last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games – Five of them are road games. I actually think we should look at Steelers fans and say, here comes impending doom. You're going to lose a really disappointing game, and you might be the Bengals' first win of the season. They will that, not be the, that may have been too yeah, far. They will not be the Bengals' first win. But I, I would be cautious about you this You just game. watched me build a take live. I like that. I like I like the way you did that. I would oh. be cautious if I'm the Steelers heading into Cleveland next week. Little, little it's, mo- it's, thir- it's this Thursday. Thursday, that's right. Thursday, yeah. A little momentum, short week. You're traveling, small. Browns got momentum. Just a little bit. Just enough. Thursday. Baker so like, figures it out. Kandula. They got a run game going with Nick Chubb. Hey. Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, looking good, catching the football. He did. And also, you look at the Browns and what they their defense. Look, they allowed 16 points to Buffalo. Uh-huh. 
It was a 75-yard touchdown for Noah Fant that kept it from its 24 points. They weren't really that bad against the Patriots. Nope. 20, seven of the 27 for the Patriots was a fumble recovery. This is the most important. That thing defense for the is going to shut down Mason Rudolph. This is how. This is why the Browns won this game. This game this past week against the Bills because they normally shoot themselves in the foot. Penalties here and there, all over the place. They won this game because they had three penalties. That's why they played disciplined football. They didn't throw the ball to the other team offensively, yeah. and they got the run game going with Nick Chubb. That's one of my other teams that needs to have the talk. Really? Yeah, they have to have the talk with Freddie Kitchen. Sorry, bro, you're not coming back. I don't care if you win the last six games, you're not coming back. Uh, um, all right, we we only did one cup so far. We're gonna be quicker. This is from Tom D'Angelo, forty-four. Dolphins are three games out of a wild card spot. Love it. That's scary. The doorman downstairs uh, said, I'm angry at my Dolphins because they keep winning games. <laughs> and I said to him, things are going a, 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 the best way they could if you're a Dolphins fan. From this regard, this Dolphins tank has shown us that there is no player on this team that they really want to build around. That's right. None. They are starting from the ground up, which means there is only one person you are building around, and that is your head coach, Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Everybody is disposable, but you need to see if he's the guy. And now, the last few weeks, you have back-to-back wins, but really, if you look at the Dolphins, they have been competitive for a number of weeks. They They were up 14-0 over the Steelers, and then the bottom fell out. They They had a lead over the Bills in the second half, and they lost that game. They lost 17-16 to the Washington Redskins, but let's be honest, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in the game. This is all post-Josh Rosen. Mm -hmm. This team is fighting. And so the number one thing you needed in a tank is to know you got the right guy at the helm. And I am an expert in tanking because I am a Philadelphia 76ers fan. And I dealt with all the bullshit for all those years. And I trusted the process. And now my team has a chance to win a title. And I'll say this. A lot of people are going, oh, no, the Bengals are going to get the first pick. Or here come the Giants. The Dolphins got to stop winning. The most important part of the process for the Sixers is Embiid. It is not Simmons. Mm -hmm. Simmons was a first pick. Embiid was the third. Because he was hurt. Just because you have the first pick, that's not just the reason that you're tanking. It's you have to make the right pick. Mahomes and Watson went after Trubisky. They 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 have amassed a ton of draft picks. They are finding out who on this team you can build around. They are resting their players that they actually want to build around. That that They do have one, their cornerback. He's their only guy that they Howard. want to keep, Xavier Howard. But most importantly, I believe that the Dolphins have found their coach. I know they went in and it was Brian Hoyer and Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton didn't play. But this is a team now for five weeks in a row has fought. And now two weeks in a row has won. And I look at the Dolphins and I say, I believe that they're, they're tanking their process is going maybe better than, they, than, than we gave them credit for. Because when you look at the three teams that they lost to in the beginning of the year when it was embarrassing, it was the Ravens, it was the Patriots, it was the Cowboys. And they were beating the Cowboys at halftime. Yeah. Two so things, I'm just saying, Dolphins, two things you're right about. let's fucking go. 
It's not about the first pick. You're absolutely right about that because wherever you pick in the top five, you're going to get a quality player. Yeah. And that's what this team, they just need playmakers. Jason they, Tatum went third. Markel Fultz went one. And they got a bunch of guys. Michael Jordan, most importantly, importantly Great one. Third. So there, there's that. But I think Michael you're Jordan also went to right. Penn? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Remember that guy? No. Okay. Here's the deal. They, you're right about the coach. And when you have a coach, most important thing that you got to do early on is get rid of all the guys that aren't willing to fight for you, or that all the guys that want to walk out the door early on in the season. Get rid of all of them. Yeah. Every la- I don't care if you're a and, starter. And, it's not, and we're not even mad at them. No, because I get it. Get, you don't want to be here. Get rid of every last one of them. Yes. And the other thing you have to do is establish character and culture. This team is only fighting them. They're a terrible football team. They're what are they? Uh, two and seven. Two and the seven. only reason they're fighting is because of their coach. Because he said, "Listen." Guys, I, <laughs> some of you guys are going to be here next next year. Some of you aren't. Some of you going to be looking for another place to play. But the guys that are here, we're going to win some football games. And we, we and when we win, and nobody expects us to win, it's going to be a miracle. And everybody's going to be jumping on the uh, the the Dolphins bandwagon. That's going to be special. You have the right guy as a head coach because these guys continue to fight. This it's easy to walk out to the field when you're terrible and just lose. Yes. Find a reason to lose. Okay. Oh, they're they're winning at halftime. Let's just lose. Yes. These guys continue to fight. You're absolutely right about I, Brian Flores. I bought it on Brian Flores during one of the woe big off seasons where he had a huge mural painted outside the practice field that said TNT. And every time a snap was fumbled, a penalty would happen, the whole team had to run and touch the wall mm-hmm. because TNT stood for takes no talent. Mm-hmm. And they got punished every time they did something that took no talent. Brian Flores is Smart already man. in my top five yelling at the referee rant face, guys. He throws headsets. He gets angry with his fanny pack. When they had that awful call in the Steelers game where they they, they measure the fourth and one, oh, he tore into him. Yesterday, they, they call off a play to bring Ryan Fitzpatrick into the blue tent to check him for a concussion, yes. and Brian Flores was like a manager in the 80s kicking dirt on the referee, spitting in his face, calling his mama names. Brian Flores is already – there was a – we I put up for the podcast who should be their favorite coach of the podcast, and it ended up being Sean McVay. Yeah. But Brian Flores was the one where I was like, I kind of wanted to be him or Fangio. Well, you get him a we little, could make this right now a Brian Flores podcast. You get him a little talent, and they're going to get that because of Tunsil pick, I mean, the, the the trade. Yes. They're going to get a bunch of talent on the, onto this football team. They find themselves a quarterback at some point. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the guy. Isn't he the best, though? But he's, he, Ryan Isn't Fitzpatrick he fun, is man? great because he's like, you know what? I'm just going to throw the ball. And that's what I do, and we're going to have fun with it, and I'll win you a bunch of games. And that beard is out of control. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy that he just hangs around and always has a good time. And also, I'm the voice of him in Gridiron Heights. Are you? So I love when love the, I love the fact that That's I cool. feel he like goes he's to Harvard. Yeah, I mean he's smart. He gets it done, but he also, more importantly than that, and I, I like guys that are smart and get it. Ryan done. Fitzpatrick he has fun. Ryan Fitzpatrick right now it has also reached an incredible level of having averaging a double-double in terms of references that get made when he plays. So you know that when you watch Ryan Fitzpatrick that he's going to be a Harvard grad that will be mentioned, mm-hmm. but also they have to mention his age. Because now it's 36-year-old yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. So I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick is one information nugget away from the rare mandatory triple reference. We don't see that a lot. You don't no, play a lot. He has a triple reference. What? The beard is the other one. Yeah. They mention the beard every time. Yeah. It's beautiful. every time. It's luscious. It's it's out of control. How does he put his chin strap on? 
there are times where I don't know that where his chin is at. Like, does he just sweat constantly? I can't smell. I have never had facial hair to know what that it's beard. like to have that. The beard can't smell good. I mean, it has to smell pretty. What good. would it be like eating a beignet? Messy. Any any food item. Powdered donuts. How about that? Really, beignet is just a high class powdered donut. True. Did you know what a beignet was? I do know what a beignet is. I've been to New Orleans before. Your recent trip. I appreciate that. That was good. This is from Jake underscore Trotter. There you are. The Browns now have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. How about that? And that is why I think the Browns need to have the uncomfortable talk in the in the in their front office right now. Oh, Guys, because, because you don't be, want him to keep winning games. So and everybody thinks I said back. this on with Nick Wright on the radio a few weeks ago. He said, What's the percentage chance that Freddie Kitchen is back to coach week one? Mm-hmm. Zero to a hundred. And I said a hundred. And he was floored. And I said, because the Browns, after the Titans game or after the the Bills game, it turns into the easiest schedule in the NFL. It's Dolphins, it's Bengals twice, it's Cardinals. Hold and, on, hold on. Let me finish the question oh, before you keep going. I just think they need to go, guys, even if we win four of seven and you're like, oh, look, we're getting better, be realistic but, about who you're playing. Who are they having to talk with, though? Who are they, they going to call in? John Dorsey needs to be there with the owner, and they need to go, oh, yeah, do we owner, believe that Freddie Kitchens is the guy? I don't think so. Can he make the quarterback better? That's the only question. Can Freddie Kitchens make this quarterback oh, there was more on that? and better? Yeah, there's more. Okay. So, listen, the Browns now have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. According to ESPN Football Power Index, ESPN also now gives the Browns a 10.9% mm. chance of making the playoffs following Sunday's win. I will say this, though. If they make the playoffs... I still think you let them go. No, they can't make the playoffs, can they? They I, yes, I think, they can. If they, the I'm Steelers, telling you, if they beat the Steelers on Thursday they night, the they go to four and six. Yeah. You got two games against the Bengals. Let's yeah. chalk them up. That's six and six. Yeah. Miami. Let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't go crazy. Okay. That's seven and six. Okay. So now you have two game. You have one more game against Pittsburgh Cardinals. That could be a win. Let's say that's eight and six. No. You gotta, you so gotta, you gotta steal. The Raiders are still available for they the wild card. Their games. The Colts at yeah. some point, at some point, get Brissett back. Wild card, and I'm still. I, I mean, I, I, I like would the feel, Jaguars too. I would feel more comfortable with the Steelers than the Browns. Of course, I'm just saying there is a chance. Can they have another game with low penalties? I, I don't know. know. I don't know that. But I, I think that the Browns. The schedule certainly has, has, has is going to put them in a position where they have an opportunity to win these games. The question is, will they will they hurt themselves enough in these games to to lose? That's the big question. The Browns had, I believe, at one point, eight plays in a row inside of with goal to go and got zero yards. Yeah. And my my issue with Freddie Kitchens is he goes for it when he shouldn't. He kicks it when he shouldn't. End games, it's all over the place. I don't like their play calling. I just I don't oh, think he's the guy. Here's, here's a question. If you're if you're Freddie Kitchens, you, you got Baker, Jarvis, Odell Beckham Jr., Hunt, and Chubb. What's your first option? With that offensive line. I'm probably finding ways to move Odell around. Okay, that's the I'm flaw. probably, but that's the flawed thought process, and I, and I think that's what Freddie Kitchens wants to do. You got to run the ball first because Nick Chubb has been your best most, and most consistent player all season long. But they want to continue to put the ball in Baker's hands so he can win the game with Jarvis and the guys. I've just, the I've just had this conversation with fucking 
sharp so much about like the personnel they use and and we'll see. But like for me, you can have an offense with two tight ends, two wide receivers, and Nick Chubb out there. Yes. You can have it just be Odell and Jarvis. Yes. Put a little bit of a heavy formation mm-hmm. and use play action. Absolutely. And and still get Chubb the ball. But like I need them. I don't see any formational creativity unless it's like, hey, we need a two point conversion. Here's four wide receivers on one side of the field. I don't see any motion. Well, well he was an innovative play caller. The when reason he, he came got the in, job. when he came in last year, he was. Yeah, he was because nobody knew of, what it was. Yeah. Nobody knew. He, nobody knew what he was. He wasn't running back coach that got the offensive coordinator job. Everybody I just was don't guessing. Think he's the guy. Man, this is from Ja J Zierly. The Kansas City Chiefs have lost in their last 13 losses, including the playoffs, have lost by seven points or less. The longest streak in the NFL history. In the NFL history. I'm concerned about Kansas City. I'm not. I, here's this why is my I'm, other hot take. Here's why I'm concerned. Going into the season, you knew that Pat Mahomes was going to be that guy. Yeah. And he is. He's to continue God, to be that so guy, good. right? But when he's still special like he was yesterday and you still lose, that concerns me. Yeah. That puts you in a spot where you're like, hold up, time out. We know that he's going to be special because he's been special so many times before, and he was special yesterday, but you still lose. Yeah, You still are in a position to lose, and that defense continues to get shredded in the run game. November, December, can you run the football and can you stop the run? And they can't stop the run. They ran the ball well yesterday with Williams. He ran the ball well. He looks fast. He looks elusive. But what they else ran did the he ball do? Well. You got to be able to stop the damn run. No. He had that fucking sloppy well, ass fumble. The fumble, and, the fumble hurt. No so doubt my, about it. So my thing is, is when you look at that game and you go, Titans got a defensive touchdown on a return. Yes. The Chiefs uh, blew a field goal attempt mm-hmm. at the end to make it an eight point That's lead, right. okay. and then got an intentional grounding by the holder, which I've never seen before, and then had a field goal blocked to end the game. So even with all that shit. They were still right there on the road. But I would agree with you that... Win the close ones. I think the scariest thing is, for the Chiefs' perspective, we've already seen Deshaun Watson go into Kansas City and dice you up. The Ravens can run the ball better than almost anybody, and that's your Achilles heel. Yes. The Patriots are going to be... We'll see how they handle it in a few weeks. The Chiefs do look beatable, but I also... Because they were the one seed last year, we have expectations. They could also be the scariest fucking four seed in the tournament. Yeah. And so my thing about the Chiefs is it's how you look at them. They are not going to be the home field advantage team. But at the same point, they're four and one on the road. This is a team that offense travels. So I look at the Chiefs not from the perspective of, oh, wow, they're not going to be the Super Bowl favorite. Fine. You let Mahomes get into that tournament. Y'all are on notice because no team is scarier than them. I and so that's how I'm looking at them from the other that glass half glass full. Half, yeah, you're looking at it that way. I, I'm looking at it at their defense, missing tackles. Ryan Tannehill running over safeties. Not looking physical. Bro. They they look they look Juan Thornhill's fucking film room football. This is a brand new defensive coordinator. This is a different guy. Yep. Spagnola wasn't there last Your year. So this Spagnola. is yeah, I like I like Spags, but this defense just doesn't look very good at this point. Most importantly, you're up at the end of the game. You give the ball over to Tannehill and the Titans, and they go four plays, 61 yards to win the football game. With the number one free agent signing Adam Humphreys across the middle. Mahomes leaves the field with the lead. Win the football game. They go and have this drive, and I don't even know how long the drive was. I think you just said it. Yeah, it was 58 seconds. 
That's what it was. And it was Tannehill running over people, throwing slants. Get a stop. Just Derek get a stop. Henry. Where's the pressure? Chris Jones looked great yesterday early on. All I'm going to say is this about the Chiefs. It's trouble, man. They, they lose to the Colts in a 19-13 game where Patrick Mahomes was on the sideline for like 40 minutes. Yep. Run control. Texans, up and back battle. But if you remember right, Texans got a fumble with like five seconds left in the first half inside the Chiefs five to get an extra. Like, it's been a lot of self-inflicted stuff. Packers, they're in that game. That was with Matt Moore, Mm -hmm. you know, and then this Titans game. So, like, the Chiefs are in. But then again, you look at their wins, and their wins are kind of hairy, too. Yes. But I love the Chiefs. I think that they're still the most entertaining team to watch on Sunday. They let the Titans put up 35 freaking points on them. Yeah. Remember defensive touchdown, all that? Yeah, that's a lot of points. Um, Marshawn Lattimore suffered a hamstring strain that's week to week. Mm-hmm. As soon as he left the game, Julio went off. Julio went off. Yeah. <laughs> the Saints are the one team that I, I actually am actually worried about. Are you? Like of all the, the big teams that lost yesterday uh-huh. with like the Cowboys, I know I just called them overrated and all that. The Saints were the one where I was like, what the fuck was that? Where it's like they came out of the bye and the Falcons were like, get, the Falcons got six sacks on Drew Brees. Yes, that's a problem. This, I believe the Falcons had seven sacks all season, yes, Brian. That's a problem. That's a problem. And, and if Marshawn Lattimore is about to be week to week and he's one of the best, cor- he's a top five corner in this game. And I, I'm watching Kamara look hobbled and I'm looking at Drew Brees not able to get the ball deep. Mm-hmm. That was uh, something stinking, and I'm and I'm worried that it's a fire. I will remind you. And I told you this at the beginning of the show. They need the Pope to tweet it. There is a. You told me about them. The Pope. They're going to win. Blah blah. blah. So yeah. now you're off the bandwagon. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you have to be able to win in November and December. The things you have to do is run the football and stop the run. Yesterday, they couldn't run the football, and they couldn't. I mean, this yeah. is the same thing, team after team after team. They couldn't stop the run. I'm not as worried about the Saints, though. And here's the reason why. I believe in Drew Brees. I believe in Sean Payton. Yeah. And I think that at oh, some exactly. point, Kamara's going to get healthy. I'm wondering. I'm, I've been wondering this for a couple of weeks now. Can Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara be the same as Mark Ingram? And can Latavius nope. Murray say, okay, I'm only going to get 10 carries. You made this in- You made this point yesterday. I thought it was a great point, that Ingram is a guy that can get in the game That's and right. punch you right in the mouth and doesn't need a lot of carries, where Latavius kind of needs to carry he's it more 25 of a volume times. Type of guy. And, yeah. and there have been games where he's got eight and nine carries. He has some decent yards. He catches the ball decently out of the backfield. I'm just wondering how effective can that offense be without the thunder and lightning aspect to it with, with Latavius Murray not getting as many carries. Yeah. Latavius Murray is more of a Brandon Jennings. Yes. He needs to get up 30 shots. He has to get the shots up. Get, He's get not uh oh, who was the microwave that was on the the Sacramento Kings small guard back in the Benny? 90s? Vinny Johnson? Bobby Jackson, was it? Bobby Jackson. Was it? Shots up. Yeah. Like he was the guy that like you put on the floor and you're like 12 points in Go three minutes. Go get him. The other um, thing that I watched the Saints and I'm watching it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm saying Drew Brees is at the back of his drop, the top of his drop, and ready to throw the football, and has nobody to throw to. No, the six sacks. That's what they yeah, all came in. Because it's at. fucking like Traquan Smith. Do they do they have the power power powerful down the field target? 
Are those no? I, I think you're, I think you're missing. I think you're you're looking at the pedals and you're you're not looking at the infected root, well, which at, is Drew Brees' inability to throw the ball over 35 yards. Yeah, they had 12 penalties yesterday too. So I mean, they had some issues. I think they had four hands to the face penalties. Yeah, they had 12 uh, in, in total. Here's the other thing. I think this was an aberration by the Saints. They overlooked the Falcons coming off of a, a bye. Coming off a bye. One of those things, division game, which are always tough. Yeah, but uh, guess what? You better not fuck up anymore because the Saints don't have a bye right now. No. San Francisco's the one. Okay. Green Bay's the two. Okay. So let's say the Saints beat the Vikings. You know where they're going in that second round of the divisional round playoffs? Lambeau. Okay. You That's going to be I'm, tough. Outside. Outside. You know who I'm betting against? Drew Brees in Green Bay, Wisconsin in January. Brees cold. That looks like 155 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and a lost fumble. It's a tough match. Book it. Tough All right, match. last one because we've already gone about a hour and 15. The NFC West has a combined record of 23-12-1. and Okay. The NFC East is 13-24. and I believe that the NFC East is the worst division in football. Top to I bottom. I think they have the worst division leader. I think they have the Eagles are like, yeah, whatever. I think they are the the, the worst. And the because Giants you, and you Washington. Got two terrible teams in that division. Yeah, and we're still trying to figure out what the Cowboys and really, quite honestly, what the Eagles are. So you're figuring out what the best teams are, and you have two of the worst teams in football. In I went division. back and looked at my Vegas tickets, and I forgot one of mine was Eagles to win the division. Ooh. And that went up big time yesterday. I think, I think you got so a chance thank you, Vikings. Well, it's going to come down for the Eagles and Cowboys. Who, can, who wins that final game? Uh, that's what it is. And who can stop Is it the, week 17? I think it's week 16, because I think the Eagles have Washington last game of the season. So, I mean, it's just going to come down to that. Who gets better over that time period? It's going to be cold and yeah, nasty. Week 16 at home against Infield. the Eagles, 425. That's got Joe a little payback, Buck and Troy Aikman A little in the payback booth. from getting blown out the first game of Absolutely. the season. First time they matched each other. Coming off a three-game stretch of Dolphins, Giants, Washington. Yeah. Ooh, Philly's going to be ready. They better be ready. They got a tough test this week. I've never rooted test. for the team that was nine and seven but won the division and probably like kept out like a really good team. I'm excited to root for a team like that. Get yourself a where home everyone's game. like they should restack it by conference what and if, not what look if at the David Deal Giants. What if they're that team? That team that just nobody expected much of. They just get hot at the right time. Talk this is the time shit. to do it. I would. This is the time to do it. Oh, how do you do that? Go beat the Patriots. Get hot now. Ooh. Go beat them. Don't get me excited. Hey man. Get hot now! Oh, if we beat the Patriots, I'm going to be. This is the time. I'm going to be talking. It. I'm going to come up with so many rants about how they're going to win the Super Bowl. This is the time to do it, my brother. You All got right. the Patriots, Seahawks. If you could beat both of those teams, oh shit! At home, now you're. Now we're talking 16 about sixteen and zero. They're going sixteen and zero. They're never going to lose championship because you got the Redskins. You'll beat the Cowboys, and you go. Oh, I heard that if they beat the Patriots and Seahawks, all the losses from earlier in the schedule vanish. Vanish. Yeah, they disappear quickly. Also, no more games on turf. All right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, Westbrook, it was fun watching games with you. The Giants, that's a turf game. Oh, yeah. They have turf. It's not indoors, though. No, no. Um, Always a pleasure. I don't know what we're doing for Wednesday yet. I can't think that far ahead. Um, Ingber, Pat Pat, Cup, awesome stuff. Uh, And then also Bengal Dolphin Giant Tank is always blessed. Uh, you're the fucking man for Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. Happy, happy, happy Veterans Day. All the veterans out there. We appreciate you. Yeah, we salute your service. Um, love you guys. I am the LEFKOE man. We'll holler at you next week or later this week. Fuck. Later this week. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye.